from what book shall I bring the encouraging passage of the day? I always use Psalm because it's good. But what do you recommend? You can use Philippians 4, 6 if you want. Okay. I'll talk about my shirt. Let me go over there. Is it going to be encouraging? Yes. I mean, it is an encouraging book. Have we, we didn't use it yet, have we? I don't think so. All right. That's what we'll use. Good. It'll be ready. Philippians 4, 6. You ready? Um, almost. What do you got to do? I'm looking up a word I want to use as my word of the day. Will you be ready by the time the intro's over? Sure. Hello and welcome back to Explicitly Us. Fun, friendly and good for the whole family. It's sure to put a smile on your face. So get ready all the way from Table 19 Studios, your hosts Andy and Trista. I can hear you trying to... Why is this mic so far down? I think my cord turned my mic down. My headphone cord. I hear you playing the word over there through the microphone. I'm trying to listen to the pronunciation Sorry. of the word. It's coming through the I mic. I just wanted to make sure. We should write words to this tune. It kind of reminds me of... Um Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. That's why I'm drawn to it, I think. Here's a challenge for you. Not you, Trista. Okay. The listeners. If anybody's good at writing words, you write us a word, the words to this song. We'll sing it. We'll try. Well, you should sing it for us so that we know how it goes. For sure. Sing it for us. And then... Do you have to use explicitly us in the words? It's kind of hard to sing that. Um, Mm. The person you send it to to do the voiceover for the intro, do they do songs too? Could you send them a song and they do it? No. And I don't send this to the person that does the voiceover. I just say, send me this text, cheery and happy. And that's what they send back. If anybody thinks they can do it, I ain't got a clue. So Trista, yesterday mm-hmm. was pretty rough. Was it? Yeah. The ferry that I take the car on to go to the other island, the winch broke while we were, while the vehicle was on the way over. They send the passengers over on one ferry and the vehicles over on a different ferry and the winch for the ferry was busted. Coming back in the evening? Coming back in the evening. So I got home like three hours later than normal. Which is kind of (laughs) normal. So lately, I feel like there's been a lot of good food made that we haven't talked about. And I know how people enjoy us talking about food. We usually talk about our food. Mm, but I feel like we're missing some things. I don't know. In the past that we have not talked about. There's been some quite tasty stuff. Okay. Yesterday even, but when we were coming home, 
I was so looking forward to the meal yesterday because you were using Havarti cheese. We've talked about Havarti. Oh, yes. Everybody should get some Havarti. It makes you kind of farty. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I'm just kidding. But that's the way you remember the name Havarti. It might make you farty. Did we ever look up the proper pronunciation or is that just what we're that, assuming? No, that is the proper pronunciation okay. because we pronounce it that way. Oh, okay. It is so. Gotcha. So you used Havarti and mac and cheese. I did. It was amazing. I used Havarti and um, cheddar. Have you ever used liquid smoke? Yeah. So I want to try liquid s- smoke in macaroni and cheese. Because I've had smoked macaroni and cheese, right? Where you put macaroni and cheese on the smoker. I'm, I assume it's after you bake it, you just put it on the or cook it. You put it on the smoker and just let all the smoke infuse into it. Mm, that's good. But okay, were you waiting for me liquid, to say something? Liquid smoke. I've never seen it uh, in the stores here, so I don't know where you would find it. Liquid I've never smoke. Looked for it, so I don't know. Yeah. You can put in different things. So we had pulled pork barbecue last night with that really good mac and cheese. And I usually don't have mac and cheese because I try to stay off carbs as much as possible. It's not possible, but I try to. Well, last night I had a big old helping of mac and cheese. And honestly, after this podcast, I might go have some more. We need to know how it reconstitutes. reconstitutes. I kept, okay, so funny story. I made it last night, but you were gone. And you were expecting me at X hour. So I was like, I'll make it. And then it'll be ready. Like a good housewife should have food ready. It'll be ready. I'll just rewarm it a little and give it a little more milk and mix it up. And so you had company. Yeah. They arrived before you did. So much could go into this story. Basically, you got to put your car on one ferry then you go on a different ferry. And then you have if you have companions traveling in the vehicle with you they have to go on another ferry yes it is true three different ferries to accomplish one thing all leaving within around the same time they get home and i tell them to walk up to the town square and wait for me there but then i find out that it's going to be longer so i tell them if you want to walk home you can or you can wait there until i'm able to get my car they choose to walk home it's about a mile and a half mile and a half that takes about 30 minutes yeah so it's not a straight mile and a half and it's some not huge hills but little hills here and there so they end up walking home and getting home where you and the kids are here and they have so i reconstitute the macaroni and cheese that has set up because it's been like an hour since we ate yeah so i do that for them they eat it i guess i didn't really pay attention and then you come home like 30, 45 minutes after they were back. So then I again throw in a little more milk and reheat it. Yeah. And I actually didn't have milk, so I used heavy cream. So if you don't know this, maybe there's somebody out there that doesn't know this. If you have macaroni and cheese and you want to eat it the next day or eat it later on and it has solidified a little bit, just heating up the microwave will not do it. You need to add a little bit of milk 
after you heat it up or even before you heat it up. I don't know which is better. Add just a little, you know, it's like a couple of tablespoons, really, not much. And that kind of gets some of the cheese uh, running again. So words of wisdom for the day. Just add milk. So I had it. It was amazing. Really good. Um, I can see it being really good smoked. The pulled pork barbecue that you make is in a Instapot. Yes. And it is a, how would we say, very juicy. We put the, after we pull the pork, we put it back in its juices. Leave it in its juices so it doesn't dry out. So, So then when you put it on your sandwich, you need to strain it. Yeah. So that your bread's not soggy. And we're thinking next time, that we're going to try to do it more dry. We've been doing it this way for a long time. We years. Just, so we need to change things up a little bit. Okay. I wasn't sure if you were going to agree with me or not. So I'm for trying new things. Sometimes. You just, I hate to do things and then it not turn out well. And it'd be like, well, that was a waste of like food and effort. But it's never a waste. We'll always be have something to do. Whatever. So here's here's our thoughts for next time. Is next time we use the instant pot to cook it, but we put just a little bit of liquid in the bottom and use that elevation. Oh, put it on the what's that thing called? Tray, tray, trivet, trivet, and set the meat on that, kind of like you would ribs out of the water, and let that cook, and then take that and want to put a lot of seasoning on it, a lot of dry rub, and then after that take it out and put it on the grill and do my worst you know blackening it or or charring it a little bit just kind of roll it on the grill a few times and we'd have to do a super super high heat so it didn't cook the inside because we want to get it on and off uh then pull that meat apart and it'll be a little bit drier but then you reconstitute that dryness with the moisture of the barbecue sauce and i think it could be good I think it can be good and then you made coleslaw it was really good i did you usually make the coleslaw but mm-hmm. i went for it this time it was excellent and you changed it up just a little bit but i liked it i don't know it was really good so thank you for for doing that yesterday you're welcome absolutely we i was at walmart yesterday and i found a t-shirt for you yes and I can't read it from here, but I'm going off of memory. It says, I'm only talking to Jesus today. Correct. At Walmart. That's crazy. And Philippians 4, 6. Philippians 4, 6, which will be our verse today. But And then another shirt I found for you says something y'all, y'all aren't, ain't, y'all ain't right, but Jesus still loves you. Yes. It says that too. Because we say that a lot. Y'all ain't right. I don't know who in Puerto Rico is going to buy that and wear it and understand it. Mm, yeah. But yeah, maybe it's, we did, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's. Uh, Were there a lot on the rack or laying out? There was a few. There was a few. So yesterday, Kentucky one against Vanderbilt. It's March. It's March Madness. We need to be talking about it, I guess. We're in the SEC tournament right now. The tournaments are playing. So Kentucky won against Vanderbilt. I know there's 
Everybody has their schools. If you have a particular college team that you like in basketball, that's what's on right now. Feel free to send us an email uh, shouting out your team. And uh, if there's enough people, we'll make note of those things uh, and, and give everybody's rundown. Also, hey, Tris, what do you think about this? What if we do an explicitly us NCAA tournament competition? Is that possible? If we have people. All right, look, if you're interested in being in an explicitly us NCAA tournament that will re- will result in a prize. Ooh. Oh, yes. It will result in some kind of prize. We don't know what it is. It won't be a coffee mug. We'll decide by the next podcast what it will yeah. be. So this has got to be decided really soon uh, because the bracket's going to be coming out. We'll use, uh, I think it's an ESPN bracket maker yes. that everybody else uses. And we'll make it explicitly us one. We'll send out all the information to be able to find it. Or maybe you'll have to send your email. and We'll send you a personal invite. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But here's what you want to do. Email us if you're interested with that email address that you need to sign up an account on what is it? It's something tournament. BC tournament, bracket challenge tournament or something like that. So we'll find it here in a second. We'll tell you which app to use. We're going to do an explicitly. Now, a lot of you already do your selections and then uh, you join other, like I, I'm going to one with my family and Trista's family and all this. So, this will be just, you know, just one more group that you'll join. And the winner, prize. When you email us, let us know if you have a suggestion for the prize. Yeah, a suggestion for the prize. Um, obviously, the the tournament group will be called Explicitly Us or Explicitly Us Something. We'll figure that out and we'll let you know in an email. Come on, everybody do this. Let's get a few people. And then, uh, Trish, is it going to be just a first prize or a first, second, third? Probably just first. Just first. It, just like a million dollar prize or something, something like that. Like that. Okay. So that's what we're going to do. Just We just thought about it. It's explicitly us. We did not plan it. This is how we roll. Roll downhill usually. <laughs> we roll. So that's what we're going to do. It's going to be fun. Now, uh... I'm going to actually pause this podcast. You you all ain't going to know it, but I'm going to pause this and go look for something because I heard something the other day that was pretty interesting. And I think you would be interested by it as well. So, like I said, you all ain't going to know it's paused, but we're going to pause for like five minutes and we'll be back in three, two, one. And we're back. See, you didn't even know we were gone. So quick. So fast. It actually longer than five minutes. Because <laughs> it's really difficult to find what I was talking about or what I was wanting to talk about. Here we are with March Madness here. So let's go and you know what? He's still not ready. Y'all, I have no idea what happened, but I may have lost some of the recording. Anyway, while this is downloading so that we can play it, um, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and 
the person in the podcast was a mathematician, I guess I would call him. And he thinks nine is a really important number in math. And it it is the keystone of math in a way. And he, he did this exercise with everybody listening to the podcast. And I thought it was very interesting. Um, and I forget the basis of it in, in the sense like what it proves necessarily. But basically nine is in everything. I don't know how he can say everything. But when you get over the number nine. Nine is in everything. I'll give you an example. Trista, how old are you? 38. Add those two together. 11. Subtract 11 from 38. What do you have? 18. <laughs> <laughs> We're waiting. I was trying to, I was like, this is not going to be a nine. 27. What's two plus seven? Nine. All right, let's say you're 65. Well, now that's 11 again. Let's say you're 23. Add it. Five. Subtract 23 from five. Five from 23? Yeah, whatever. What is that? 18. Eight plus one? Nine. Okay. Do 44. Eight. Subtract eight from 44. 36. It's three plus six? Nine. Are your all's minds blown so any two-digit number, any two-digit number over nine, when added together and subtracted from its origin or its original number, you will have a number that will add up to nine or be nine. So for an example, 10, number 10 is over nine. So one plus zero is, is one. Subtract one from 10, you have nine. 11, one plus one is two. Subtract two from 11, you have nine. On and on and on. Does so it work for bigger numbers or just double any digits? Two, all I know is two-digit numbers. Okay. I, I don't know. There might be another step to add for a three-digit or four-digit number. But any two-digit number whatsoever, when you add the two numbers together, subtract them from the original, you get nine. Blown. Hmm. So what he was arguing is it's a check. It's a, mathem- it's a mathematical check. So if you say uh, you're 22 years old and two plus two is five, and you subtract 5 from 22, what do you come up with? 17. 1 plus 7 is 8, so it's incorrect. 2 plus 2 cannot be 5. Now, obviously, but it's a mathematical check. If you say 2 plus 2 is 4, 4 subtra- uh, take away from uh, 22 is 17. Well, 1 plus 7 is 8, it's not 9, so that math that part of the math problem is incorrect. So 9 is the common check if you're doing a problem with two digits. Interesting. Blown, right? So anyways, this person that was on has a, a lot of projects going. He's, I'm not going to call him a crackpot, but he also thinks the calendar in, is inefficient. Uh, and kind of agree with him like some of the things he was saying makes sense in that he's like well we should have a a four-week calendar a four-week month i'm sorry a four-week month and they all start on the same day all right let me start over he doesn't he thinks we need to use the number zero the number zero needs to be 
a day of the month. So you have zero day. I know there's, there's these mathematician crackpots out there, right? So it needs to be zero day. And then day one would be whatever. So he's saying do a four week month and do 13 months instead of 12 months. And if you make a zero day, then the days add up the same. Hmm. Okay. So what that would do is it would put uh, every single, the second of every single month would be on a Tuesday. Uh, The first would always be on a Monday. The same exact date would be the same exact day in every single month. Hmm. So you would know the Friday is going to be always this date. You would have four Fridays to choose from, four dates to choose from, right? So interesting, right? Mm -hmm. It's never going to happen as far as change the world calendar. But he made an interesting point, and that is there are dozens of calendars used all over the world. I just don't think they're applicable to all situations. But, you know, people use different calendars in different countries. So you can go to some websites and be like, I want to use this calendar. So that's an interesting. So he, he's, I don't know what he does, what he is, but he's, he was an interesting guest that they had on. What's his name? What is his name? Um, it is. If you guys want to look the person up, I'll find it. I'm going to find it. It is Scott Flansberg, known as the human calculator. The human calculator, Scott Flansberg. Um, F-L? What are you saying? F-L-A-N, Flansberg, F-L-A-N-S-B-U-R-G. So, human calculator, Guinness World Record abilities. I uh, think he has a better calendar. Uh, and then he said something else. And before, he, before we go to that, I want to bring in Paul Harvey. Okay? Uh, so, we're going to listen to Paul Harvey as soon as... I find the file that I was looking for. So just bear with me for 30 seconds. And uh, this has to do with March Madness a little bit and all that. So here we are. Everybody, listen up. Stay tuned. We're almost done. The rest of the story. It is called Springfield College now, but 100 years ago in Springfield, Massachusetts, it was the International Young Men's Christian Association Training School. In 1891, the institution's physical education department was brand new. And Jim was to be among the school's first phys ed instructors. He was interviewed for the position in the office of Luther H. Gulick, the school director. He was asked to tell a bit about himself. Really, he said there was not much to tell. He was Canadian-born, a graduate of McGill University and Presbyterian Theological in Montreal. Jim had also served as director of physical education at McGill. Director Gulick smiled. Jim, he said, was just right for the job. Oh, yes, one more thing. The director had an assignment for Jim. It was to be his first challenge as a member of the faculty. Jim announced that he would be eager to accept it. Maybe he should have waited until he, well, until he'd learned the rest of the story. In essence, the director was distressed over winter collegiate athletic programs in general. Young athletes should greet baseball season in top physical condition, he said. They should be ready to compete and win the first thing each spring. 
Jim promised that he would keep his class in shape for baseball. All winter long, he would prepare them with gymnastics and calisthenics, but that wasn't quite what Director Gulick had in mind. Not that he had anything against gymnastics and calisthenics. They simply did not maintain an athlete's competitive edge, nor did they keep him thinking strategically. What the director wanted was a training device which would sustain the momentum of fall of football, the physical and mental momentum, all through the winter to the first session of baseball practice. And that was Jim's assignment, to invent such a device. Well, Jim said he would do his best. And the project became an obsession. He racked his brain to try to create an organized athletic activity which would not only meet Director Gulick's requirements, but also could be performed indoors during the worst of winter weather. That very winter, Jim succeeded. And the basic guidelines which he established back then have remained essentially unchanged to this day. Soon after its creation, for the YMCA Training School in Massachusetts. It became a popular activity in YMCAs all across the country. And then, after it graduated from the YMCAs to educational institutions throughout the United States and Canada, and today it's difficult to imagine the world without it. And it all began that winter almost a century ago when a fledgling phys ed instructor was asked to find some way to bridge the athletic chasm between football and baseball. And he did it in a small school's small gymnasium with the only equipment that he had, a standard soccer ball and a couple of peach baskets. That's right. 30-year-old James Naismith became the father of the only major sport, the only major sport which is completely, utterly, originally American, basketball. And now you know the rest of the story. Okay, so, this guy, what's his name? James Naismith. James Naismith. No. The guy that um, we were just talking about, the mathematician. Oh, Scott Flansberg. Scott Flansberg also said that he is not sure that James Naismith, did I say that right? Naismith, Naismith uh, invented basketball. And there's a lot to dig into, but basically a year prior because they say the first game was played in 1891 but supposedly there's photographic evidence of basketball being played the prior year and there's a person by the name of pulling it up now because I just had it here two seconds ago name is stick with me stick with me Lambert Will. Lambert Will. Not Will Lambert. Lambert Will, who some believe is actually the inventor of basketball, and he was a teenager at the time that he invented it, I think. So, it is in the category of conspiracy theories. The family of 
James Naismith do not like this theory. They're very aggravated by it, blah, blah, blah. There's 13 original rules. That pamphlet was written by Naismith. There's a photograph in 1891 of supposed first game played. But there's now documentation that shows, I think, a photograph from prior and even conversation um, evidence uh, in a book. The book is called I Grew Up Basketball, um, where it references Lambert Will and the key influences that Lambert had on the definition and rules of this sport. So did this older man at the time possibly rob an invention from something that he saw and had conversation with because this person was younger, perhaps? Is there any evidence that these two had contact with each other? Yes. Okay. Yes. I believe so. I believe from what I heard, from what I heard. I mean, I'm not, I'm not the authority, but, uh, interesting. Then why did this other person never step up? Um, I can't answer that Trista, but the city of Herkimer, H E R K E I, I'm sorry, H E R K I M E R Herkimer is, I forget where it's at. Uh, let's see. Is it Maine? I'm not sure, but in uh, Herkimer is where he lived. And so there, or is it, what does this say? New York, maybe. Maybe it's New York. So right now, the the college, or not the college, the Basketball Hall of Fame, you guys probably know where it's at. I can't think of where it's at right now, and I can't find it. But there, there's people that want it to be moved to Herkimer, where it's, supposed real birthplaces so boy there's not anything out there if you just type in who who invented basketball you'll get uh james naismith like you won't get anything else you have to really search for somebody who's written an article on this thing or or read a book on it so if you want to read a book on basketball and hear about this you can look up the book uh by frank j baslow i grew up with basketball you can look that up so there's just a basketball topic for you. Maybe uh, there's something to it. Maybe there's not. But it is something that can be investigated and possibly proven within reason. I it, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. But, you know. Okay. So that's all I had on basketball. Do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, I do, but... I think people are still adding. Need to be shared. I think people are still adding up their age. I think they're still adding up their age and playing with the number oh, nine. Maybe. Yeah. All right. So you have a word of the day. Yes, and it's a word most people are probably. Well, I, I take that back. Those who are familiar with cooking in the kitchen probably know this word. It's fairly new to me, because I don't really enjoy cooking. But the word is rue. Rue, not row. Rue. R-O-U-X. R-O-U-X. Rue. Rue is flour and fat cooked together and used to thicken sauces. Mm. 
Roux is typically made from equal parts of flour and fat by weight. The flour is added to the melted fat or oil on the stovetop, blended until smooth, and cooked to the desired level of brownness. It can be white, blonde, or brown. Butter, bacon drippings, or lard are commonly used fats. Roux is used as a thickening agent for gravy, sauces, soups, and stews. It provides the base for a dish and other ingredients are added after the roux is complete. So this is what I did yesterday in making the macaroni and cheese. What did you do? I melted butter, added flour, cooked that for a minute, added the milk, it thickened up, added the seasoning, the cheese. And then to that sauce, I added in the cooked noodles. Whereas backwards is how normally... Normally, it would be done noodles. It's how I grew up. Yeah. Yes, you just add a little butter and your mm-hmm. milk. And well, you made cheese. a sauce. You made a cheese sauce. The roux is making the is the base for making a sauce for different things. In which I guess I use I do the same thing when I make biscuits and gravy. I just had it. I'm sorry to cut you off. Go but ahead. My, I'm just gonna say one word. Bacon. Bacon in the macaroni and cheese. Tell me that doesn't sound amazing. So you're talking like loaded macaroni and cheese. Yes, that is exactly what I'm talking about. That sounds amazing. In it or on it? I don't Would care. Would you garnish it? You know what? At this point, I'm going to go out into the kitchen and I'm going to do it. It would just depend because it's going to add some texture. I'm so fine. maybe you're a person who, does, who just wants that soft macaroni mm. and you don't want the hard texture we have those bacon bits out there you know those really not they're real bacon i'm about to go out there and put some in there and then you know what to put on top more cheese parmesan (laughs) a little bit of parmesan there you go oh yes my friend that's gonna be my lunch here in a second rue rue well how rue of me to uh interrupt you i'm so sorry that's all right i was just saying i do that when i make biscuits and gravy I just really hadn't thought about the word. What you know, it is, what you're do doing. It, mm-hmm. Add the flour to the cooked fat of the yeah. sausage. And it is real. It's real. That's cool. So that's, a good, that's a good word. Uh, so with that, hey, we're almost done. Let's go ahead and bring in the verse of the day. Uh I like this verse. You've applied this verse to your life. It's it's almost a um, mantra, right? A, uh, a theme verse for your life, and it, it really is a good. It is a good verse. Uh, in cohesion with this verse, or in if you're going to apply this verse to your life, you probably should think about turning off or lessening greatly your social media intake. Because social media goes basically directly against this verse. Here it is. Philippians chapter 4 verse 5. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren... Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, 
whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Yeah. Because I'll tell you what, that social media is a killer. Not it, a lot of pure things. Not a true. Not a, lot of, <laughs> right. not a lot of pure, not a lot of true, not a lot not of, a lot good of just, reporting going not on. a lot of good reporting. There's not much, but I'll tell you what, we suck it in, don't we? We get into that world and it just sucks us in. We call it the black hole. Every once in a while, one of us will see the other with their nose and their phone and we're like, are you in the black hole? What's your black hole? Uh, black hole for me is probably YouTube. I was going to say for you. Yeah. YouTube is like, you know. Anything where you've got one video loading after another yeah. automatically, that's Pro- going to be a Probably because, you know, I use YouTube a lot to look things up on how to's, you know, and uh, um, how to fix this on the car, how to do this, you know. Uh, and then before you know it, you're looking at somebody climbing the highest mountain <laughs> in the world or something. You're like, how did I get here? You know, cute cats doing something. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Cat videos. Monkeys. Uh, there was a, a baby monkey one on there the other day that yeah. I was like, oh, I did, saw how that. did I get here? <laughs> so, right. so sometimes we'll check one another and be like, hey, are you in the black hole? Come on out. Come out to the real world. Come out. That's good to, to help one another to remember that, though. So. I feel like there was something else, Trista. There was probably an email. There was probably... I didn't see any. I feel like there was. Uh, somebody must have said something. I didn't see any explicitly us emails necessarily, but I know we had feedback. It was all good feedback. People are enjoying the podcast. We're getting new listeners. Let us know. Email us, explicitly us at gmail.com if you want to do the bracket with us. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We're going to do it. I mean, if it's just two of us, Tristan and I are going to do it. Hey, one of us will win. Hey, we win the prize. <laughs> Think about it. Uh, if you've never done the basketball bracket challenge, here's the thing. You don't got to know anything about basketball. Nothing. All right, because you're going to have upsets. You're going to have people doing things in the ncaa tournament that just doesn't make sense so hey it's a guessing game come on guess we'll all have fun you can win and tell us hey i was just guessing at things so it's a lot of fun to pick the teams do it and uh, maybe trista will even release a special podcast right before or maybe the day of picking or something like that where we can send that out and remind people uh, to, to get on it. So start getting on it now. Send us an email. Send us a message. Uh, email is preferable. Explicitly us. At gmail.com. Send it. Uh, hey, hope you enjoyed this podcast. Trista, I love you. Love you. See you next time. Hey, wait a second. Did you know Explicitly Us is on Instagram? Just search explicitly underscore us or you can find the link on the show description. You will be able to see photos and videos on the various topics and stories we share. Do you have any friends? Invite them to share in the fun too. Until next time, be happy, be blessed. All right, so... Postscript. I know what we were going to talk about that we didn't talk about. <laughs> the blowfish. Oh, man. And the eel. The pufferfish. Is a blowfish and a pufferfish the same thing? Man. Next week, blowfish and pufferfish. Not to be confused with Hootie and the blowfish. <laughs> what in the world? 
Krista, you're wicked. I don't even know what that is. How do you not know what that is? I do, because I'm a Christian. Oh, man. I'm an innocent Christian who doesn't know anything about... So what is it? Splooty and the and, and the, the blowfish. Blow, exactly. Is that Splooty. what it is? 